Hello and welcome to the HGA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author and with me is my best friend and co-host Kelsey. Hello everybody. And our special guest is romance author Alexis Manitz and she's going to be joining us to talk about plus size rep in romance. Hi everyone, so happy to be here. So as we just said, we're going to be covering plus size rep in romance and what that world looks like, things that can be changed, should be changed, things we love to see and all of that. But before we dive into it, weekly thoughts. I know, I know you have a good one. I'm waiting. I do have a good one this week. Okay. So, oh gosh, how do you even start? Mr. MT and I have been getting into the mm, BDSM realm. And with that, we had a nice little adventure last night where it started with him picking me up at my apartment and we went to a sex shop and we just kind of like patrolled around, talked about what looked good to us, made a couple of purchases, came back to my apartment and had beautiful, amazing, incredible sex until midnight. So that was my yesterday and I'm now exhausted today, but I'm loving every minute of it because it was wild and crazy and fulfilling in the best way. So that's my weekly hot. It's my PG version of my weekly hot. I feel like you're still in like the post-sex glow. A little bit. That sounds amazing. Definitely. I definitely am. I've like throughout the day, I've been like, oh my God, he said that last night. And I reacted like that. And I just like keep doing that in my brain all day. And then I'm like, Kelsey, focus. Like you have things to do right now. You are a teacher. Do not be thinking about these things right now. My weekly hot is really short. And it's that Skelly Frankie, who that's their handle on Instagram. But she is doing not safe for work art for me for Stolen to Fight and Stolen Secrets. And she sent me some like sketches, which even just like the sketches are, you know, kind of just like blobs right now. But <laughs> one of the, one of, because she's, she was like, this is this like the general pose and vibe because anatomy is crazy. And I, I, <laughs> I maybe I'll post like somewhere where it's, visible for people listening the stick figures that I sent them (laughs) there's something else but basically I'm super super excited and they will probably be going out like I'm probably gonna include print cards of them for people who want them with signed paperbacks so keep that in mind if you are wanting a signed paperback you might also get some free (laughs) I love getting those I've never gotten one like in paper before I'm on like a bunch of people's patreons but I'm moving in June to somewhere where I'm gonna have a spare room that's gonna be sort of like my office and I already know it's just gonna the walls are slowly gonna be filled (laughs) with like (laughs) various sex positions and uh, I'm so excited (laughs) I don't know if you guys are patreons of katie roberts but she does the post like the nsfw postcards for each book and if you're a certain tier you get like the paperback which is what i do and i use those as the bookmark for each book i joined hers literally three days ago because i am reading electric idol for this episode 
And I was like, I need to see this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they're amazing. Totally worth it. Love that. Alexis, do you have a weekly hot? Yeah, but it's a little bit less. Well, no, it's still personal. I'm working on an erotica novella, like short novella for an anthology that I can't give too many details on yet. But I've never written erotica, like just straight up like raunchy sex. And I'm just having the best time exploring that side of my writing because right now I've done like some smut in my books, but like this is just like full blown like railing. And I'm like super excited. It's like, it's just been really fun to explore because it like, I don't know, your brain just kind of takes over and like, it's so fun to write because you don't really have no thoughts, just like feelings. And those feelings are like sexy, smutty feelings. And I just enjoying that so much. So that's been like a really fun, like discovery slash exploration this week. Cause I can just kind of let my imagination run wild and there are really no limits. Cause it's kind of like fan- loosely fantasy based. So I'm loving that. Oh, that sounds so fun. It Especially is. since when you don't have a plot that you're like, does this make sense for the characterization? Yes. Like, how is this going to tie into the overall conflict? You can just be like, oh, I can't wait for whatever that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's super, I feel like it's just like no rules, just vibes, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of Wattpad. Wattpad? Yeah, Wattpad. I think it'll probably kind of be something like that. I haven't really read on Wattpad, but I feel like, yes, you're probably right. That gives, I mean, like, I haven't, I don't have a lot of experience, but that always, when I did experience it, it was very much just, like, word vomit emotion in the best way. Yes, yeah, I feel like, yes, that, that's, that's the vibe. <laughs> I've been, I think I've written, like, almost 10k words in, like, two days for this, like, very random short story. I wrote a short story for the love not war anthology and i really enjoyed it kind of like you're saying alexis that process of being like no rules just smut like plot who (laughs) yeah exactly so i posted on my instagram and i was like hey if anybody like has aesthetics or certain pictures that they really like and they want me to write a short story for it like send them to me so i got a few of them and one of them is this like sort of rainy cabin in the woods vibes so i've been head down just typing away at that and it's been really fun I feel like it's almost like (laughs) this is how ridiculous like meditative but like in a sexy way (laughs) because you just kind of like zone out and then it just all happens like the next thing you know you have like 3,000 words of just like pure erotic (laughs) yeah experience like I don't know I think it's really weird how it just like comes out and you have zero like effort almost at least I feel that way comparatively to writing like a narrative exactly exactly she gets it. <laughs> Girls that get it, get it. I'm sitting here being like, I'm not a writer, but I love hearing about you guys as authors and like your process. I think it's so neat, but it also makes me think about how like, I don't know about you guys, but like from a kid, like as a kid, like I just had like that mental narrative, like telling stories all the time, never really put them on paper. Although I did, oh my gosh, call myself out here. I did write myself a reverse harem in like fifth grade, like where I was the star, <laughs> I had no idea what it was. It was like apocalyptic reverse harem, zero idea. What, where that came from, couldn't even tell you. But this makes me think, Summer, shut your mouth. <laughs> Wait, why is this the first time I'm hearing about this? Because it's not really something I think of very often. That was- we had a whole episode on reverse harems. 
oh my gosh, that's so true. Why did it not and you, trigger me that? And you were like, this is so new to me and fun. <laughs> I love it. Meanwhile, you're a trailblazer in the industry, just like writing our age of like 10 years old. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could find it. That would be a hoot. If I did find it, oh my gosh. Okay, I'll think about that. But I bring this up because it makes me think about how like I used to have just like stories constantly running in the back of my mind that were essentially purely smut. And then, <laughs> you know, you just get to the point where it's like, okay, I had a fantasy and now it's just going to come out because like, why wouldn't my fantasy be that fantastical that it's not just 300 bajillion words of smut? Like I'm into that. <laughs> Basically. Pretty much. Well, on the note of smut, we're talking about plus size smut and Alexis, I want to get your take on this because I know that this is something that's like really important to your writing and like sort of like your activism in writing. I've been challenging myself to use the word fat in like a non-derogatory way and talking about like fatness as a neutral term, which it is and should be. It's just a descriptor. So when we are talking about this topic, like what do you feel like are the terms that you want to see used most often? Yeah, so generally, like, personally, I try to use, like, a variety and kind of, like, mix them up because I feel like some people are at different points in their journey of acceptance and, like, some people, some readers are really averse to hearing the word fat. Like, I've experienced that when I talk about my books and that's why you'll see, like, pretty much anything I post, I pretty much, like, use both words in the same caption or in the same post. But yeah, I think, like, fat used neutrally is a good one, especially if you're, like, writing from that character's point of view or, like, having that character talk about themselves plus size I think like is it's funny because people who are like further in the journey and really acceptance accepting of the word fat have more of a like a bristle towards the word plus size because they feel like that's like kind of like just doling it down to like make it more socially acceptable so you have like these two very um distinct groups who are like no this is better no this is better so I try and mix them up but also like when I'm writing, like, are you talking about descriptors or just like those general kind of like overarching terms? Kind of for those like overarching terms when you're talking about a subgenre or. Yeah. Okay. So I would say those two. I stay away from curvy because I feel like it's been used by a lot of people to describe a body type that's like hourglass, but still thin. And I think that's really like caused a lot of miscommunication and like lack of representation and erasure of representation because curvy can be such a like mu- like muddled term for a lot of people and I think it's used a lot in romance just to describe like someone who's just not like super stick real thin but they're not necessarily even mid-size or plus size so I usually stay away from curvy and just gravitate towards plus size and fat and like intermingle those to try and make everyone as comfortable as possible okay awesome yeah I, I really like that. I think, like you're saying, curvy, I feel like it also has that, not fetish, like a little bit of fetishization mm-hmm. where you're taking just like the the sexual aspects of somebody who's in a larger body. I've heard a lot of, a lot of people talk about how like they feel like that was like sexualizing them and like kind of used towards them in like a creepy way in real life. Like the way Mm -hmm. men have talked about their bodies, like from a younger age, like curvy has kind of been like an insinuate something, like you're saying, like there's an undertone to it in some cases. And that kind of like can make some people uncomfortable for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely like a layered thing. And there's a lot of complexity and almost, I feel like so many people will give you a different answer. That's just like my personal take from what I've heard from like talking to other readers and writers about this. I find this really interesting because this series that I ended up stumbling upon literally is like the name like protector and then in quotes it's called the curvy girl series so to hear you talk about all of these like proper nomenclature and now I'm like well shoot the book that I'm reading is it in the past yeah I think it just depends like on the person's first like personal like that's what I was saying is like everyone kind of has their own viewpoint on it but it also, like, I think this is a newer kind of viewpoint, too. Like, Kirby's always been kind of like a safe word. Like, even if you look online for, like, plus-size clothing, like, so much of it is labeled Kirby. So I think that's kind of always been, like, the safer descriptor. But now people are kind of, like, untangling the nuance there of, like, why it might not be ideal. So I don't think anything's necessarily, like, that's not a good representation in that book or, like, in nothing against the author. I think this is just, like, kind of a changing of how we view these words and how people are comfortable using them like right now so I mean this could change in like a couple months you know (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we are very progressive and fast changing in this environment which I love I'm always learning something new and that moving away from the fat heroine who is self-deprecating and is the silly best friend and how could anybody love her like this and it kind of puts the man on a pedestal of wow isn't he so great <laughs> like he loves her despite this mm-hmm. um that makes me cringe so hard it's like oh i just had a makeover and i'm gonna take off my glasses and now everything's better what yeah. yes exactly y'all like watch me take off my glasses right now <laughs> did i change yeah. no the world just got a lot blurrier, to be honest. That's what changed. <laughs> Visually, though, not a whole lot. So my book this week is called Stolen, a curvy girl fantasy romance claimed by the seven realms. I managed to get to book two. I was, I don't know why when I picked up book one, which I think was like captured or something like that was the original title. Like, I just thought it was going to be part of like a nice big series. I did not think that the author was going to do me dirty and literally just like cut off in the middle of the story. But that's what happened. Cut off in the middle of the story. So I made it partway through book two because I did not pace myself accordingly. Clearly. (laughs) I felt like I was blindsided. Okay. But I digress. So this was a Christmas themed romance. Might I add backtrack. The author is A.D. Award. So that's cool. But backtracking forward tracking forward now I'm forward tracking now mm-hmm. okay Christmas themed to a T I don't know why when I clicked on this I was like oh it looks winter themed no I should have read the title or like I should have read the bio I still was into it but like if I had read this during winter I would have been into it 500 times more so we are all gonna like transport ourselves into the winter realm and just pretend that we're in winter as I'm like reviewing this book because it makes it that much better. So this girl, main character, she ends up falling through a portal and falls into the winter realms. Remember, we're in the fantasy world. And she like goes from the human world to the fantasy world where it turns out that the story of the Nutcracker is real. 
So like basically if you ever watched the ballet, the Nutcracker growing up, it's real. So it's just like a, it's a, not a parody. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's a retelling of that. So it's a retelling of that, but add in reverse harem status because her and all of these other characters, like the prince of the candy can land, land, like the prince of the flower land, like all of the different lands, there's like seven of them. They are all born at the same exact time as her. And they all therefore need to like have sex with her and mate with her and bond with her. Of course. Save the realm. Of course. Naturally. Right? Of course. So it's kind of cool though, because like every single time that she like finds a piece of the crown, because it's like this crown's been split up into seven different pieces. So she needs to find each of the seven pieces to bring them together to save the realm from the mouse queen. So it's a a true. And all the pieces of crowns happen to be tied to all the different king's dicks. Exactly. Exactly. It would be easier if they were actually tied to the dicks because like all the kings or all the princes are like so down to mate with her, which is a word that they use, but they're like so down for it. But like they have to find each of the pieces of the crowns before they can mate. So like the first sex scene is like her mating with like the gingerbread guy and he's like a Viking. And so she's mating with him. And then Wait, I'm sorry. Is he a gingerbread man or is he a Viking? Those are like, like, I'm trying to like mental gymnastics here to picture this. And it's I know. I'm really, I'm all over the place with it because there's so many different moving parts. She's in the land. She's finally accepted the fact that she is no longer in a fantasy world. All the stories that she's been told as a kid are true. And she is about to be the savior of the land, which she's still wrapping her head around. And she has all of these very sexy men wanting her attention so it starts with four men one of them is the viking who is the head of the gingerbread land that's how i should have phrased it okay so it's like a viking prince in charge of the gingerbread land like he even like wields an axe it's a little wild so they're having sex but while they're having sex there's also like the land of the flowers and the land of the candy canes are there along with Nuss, the main nutcracker guy, like, in the corner jacking off. So, like, everyone is involved, even though she can only, at this time, truly have sex with our sexy Viking. I'm not handling this well. Is the Viking made of gingerbread or not? He's not, but all of his, <laughs> all of his, like, homes are. Okay. Like, that part <sighs> Okay, okay. Okay, I was... <laughs> okay, I'm just going to continue to mute myself while I, like, absolutely lose it. And you continue on with your nutty gingerbread Viking. I mean, okay. It makes more sense when you read it. There's just literally, like, I thought it was supposed to be a short story at first because there's just, like, so much packed in all at once that you with the main character are just trying to figure it out which actually is the author's really great job of like kind of confusing the reader because the reader is in the viewpoint of our main character anyways reverse harem gotta love that so she's trying to like hunt around finding these different pieces of the crown there's this like nice dark mouse 
prince and he's like a bad guy but they were all born underneath the same star just work with me here i know i'm all over the place they were all born under the same star which means that they all need to like mate it's like part of how you get the power <laughs> back into the land so she's like sexually attracted to this guy who keeps trying to kill all of her other princes and all the other princes are like bugger off like we don't want you here like you suck but he's like no i have a right and like internally he's like I may be working for the mouse queen, but like, really, I just want our main character all to myself. Like she is beautiful. She is stunning. I've never fallen in love like this before, but he's also like low key trying to kill everyone. So we got a lot going on. Um, yeah, it seems maybe, like it. I'm only partway through book two and there's a lot going on. Her brother just came into the story who she's like twins with, but he's like kind of a lot older. So he's been visiting the land a lot because time passes differently y'all it's all over the place but it's cool it's very interesting there's moments where I'm like oh of course while they go through like the candy cane land who's like the main producer of food for the realm like obviously everything's going to be edible like that's cool gives me some like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory vibes and then you know like you go up to and you visit like the gingerbread land and like everything's made out of gingerbread like okay that tracks like I'm into it Something cool about our main character is that she has a lot of power and she's just finally unleashing it. So like every time she mates with one of our main characters, more of her power gets unleashed. So she can heal people with a kiss, which we love, like a little bit like reverse Sleeping Beauty with more consent. So we're into that. I mean, overall, I'm into it. I just, I feel like I could keep throwing facts at you guys, but because it's so like muddled in my own brain, because I'm not all the way through, I don't want to confuse you guys anymore. So... At this point, I'm going to rate it a solid 7 out of 10 because I'm interested. I would like to see where this goes. Like, is she going to win? I certainly hope so because this is the HEA book club and we love a happy ending with some reverse harems. You know, like, I'm into that. Smut, I'm going to label at this point only like a 2 out of 5. Even with the reverse harems happening, like there hasn't been as many details as I know and love. So I'm going to rate it a two out of five, but I do know that as the books have been progressing, like it's been getting a lot smuttier. Like there is some like MM action, which is brilliant. So we're, we're getting places. How was the, how was the plus size rep? How was that handled? That was handled well. So in the human realm, she was unfortunately ridiculed and really like put down. She was a dancer and she was always shoved to the back. That was kind of how she was like described herself. She was like, I know I'm talented. I know I can get the part, but like, no, I just keep getting shoved to the back and like getting pitying looks from like my surrounding dancers. She does get described as curvy throughout the book. That is like the, the nomenclature that's used. But it's also used in a way where it's like everyone who all these princes who were all born under the same star as her, the same Christmas star, they all look at her and they just like immediately fall in love with her personality. And then later on, they see size like that's never been like the first thing out of their mouth. They just see like she's stunning, like she glows. And I think at one point she even does glow. So like she glows. <laughs> she's stunning like she's a spitfire which is really fun so like her character she's like full-on main character boss bitch energy which i do love so it was handled more in the beginning and now it's just like this is another human being 
So it hasn't really been brought up much more whatsoever. Yeah, and I will say, like, from my knowledge of Aidy, she's, like, a pi- kind of, like, a pioneer in, like, the romance of, like, having, like, curvy heroines or, like, main characters. So she, I think she has at least, like, 10 books that all have, like, plus-size main characters. So I, she's definitely, like, someone I, I, like, usually trust and, like, I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's good, positive rep from what I've heard, at least. Yeah, everything that I was reading felt very positive, very, like, is normalization the best word? Or like, yeah, like, I mean, we are trying to like, it's a hard, that is a hard word to like, make not sound kind of like, but yeah, I know what you mean, like trying to like, make it just like, (laughs) standard, I don't know, there's no real right word for it, I don't think, but just unspectacular. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's, yeah, that's probably the better way to put it. And that's the way that I want to be putting it. And that's definitely how it felt as I was reading it. It's just like, here's our main character. They are represented and we're not focusing on solely on size. Like that's not, that's not the focus. It's her character. It's her personality. It's the fact that she literally can like heal people with a kiss. Like who isn't attracted to that? Like attracted to that? Someone <laughs> heal me with a kiss, please. I'm fucking riddled with diseases. Come get at me, please. I'll give you my personal number. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that's my overall of the book. That's how I'm feeling about it. Sweet. I'm feeling a lot of things. I'm feeling a lot of things. I'm like, <laughs> did I have a missed opportunity with the gingerbread Viking? I mean, I, I went the Romeo and Juliet Viking, but there was a big missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will uh, pass this book along to you so that way you can read it next. I feel like there's so many books out there that are like just nuts. I think it's Maya Reed Spice on like TikTok and Instagram who does these like compilation videos of just like the most insane Kindle Unlimited books. Like one where the love interest is like the actual coronavirus or like the cover will be somebody, it'll be like, 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 a woman with two guy torsos like in the back but then the heads will be like a rainbow unicorn and like just like the most wild stuff and I've never like actually read or heard in-depth plots like that but this sounds like it's kind of along those lines of just like no holds barred like absolutely like whatever happens happens 100% but now I'm very intrigued by these rainbow heads coming out of male torsos because what's going on there please send that to me next time you see it on tiktok because that is something that i would love to investigate on my free time so i read electric idol by katie robert who i'm so excited know and love we've talked about neon gods before and this is part of her dark olympus series which is retellings of greek myths so this is eros and psyche and i actually didn't look up eros and psyche until like 15 minutes before this episode and I'm kind of glad I did it because that way you know it didn't really it did not that I would necessarily would have spoiled the plot but they were like completely fresh characters and I didn't I wasn't looking for you know like little easter eggs of the Greek myth and now I can look back at it and be like okay I get it so Eros is Cupid and Psyche is 
Kelsey's giving me in. I didn't know these things. Okay, he's like the god of love, but the Roman Cupid, I think. Okay. In this book, he's the, the son of Aphrodite, but he's Aphrodite's fixer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought he was the fixer from what yeah, I was yeah, yeah. from book one. So I was like, how does this tracking? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, like the playboy, very suave. He talks a lot about like seduction. And what I actually really liked, which is probably like, a me thing but he aligned a lot with jonas like he's like this super handsome like golden boy with blonde curly hair blue eyes like super jacked and because he's aphrodite's fixer he basically is like a professional unaliver and like sees himself as this monster and aphrodite is basically a monster too like she has hijacked his life and made him into this like cold-blooded killer who just like destroys anyone that Aphrodite doesn't like and that's where Psyche comes in so in Neon Gods the first Zeus dies and his son takes over as the new Zeus position because this is kind of a like semi-contemporary situation where Olympus is like an isolated country within the world but it doesn't have any magical godly powers so the god positions are basically just different like almost governmental roles so psyche is the daughter of demeter demeter is power hungry just like aphrodite and there is a new zeus in power so the new zeus needs to have hera his wife so both Aphrodite and Demeter are like vying to to put their like favored person as the new Hera and marry the new Hera and Demeter starts trying to get negotiations going with her daughter Psyche to become the new Hera. Aphrodite takes offense to this she's like the like everything bad about that we think of Aphrodite in terms of vanity and self-obsession and sort of like ruthlessly putting herself above anyone else is her on crack in this book. So she basically says to her, her son, Eris, and is like, hey, like, I want her heart. Like, I literally want her heart. You have to go kill Psyche. The main conflict is that Eros is supposed to kill psyche at his mom's orders but i felt like that was like such an extreme jump from her just being pissed that demeter was gonna get like her ally as hera instead of aphrodite but the book starts with there's like a party in olympus and eros shows up all like bloody and wounded And Psyche runs into him and, like, helps him, even though their parents are rivals and, like, helps bandage him up. And it's, like, the first time anyone showed him kindness. So then when Aphrodite tells him to kill Psyche, he, for, like, the first time ever, has hesitation. And he can't label it. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's fighting, you know, that, like, little bit of, like, morality that's, like, peeking through. But he decides that you know, like, the only way out of this is to marry her. 
I mean, <laughs> that's a jump. Because so they're thinking is like, okay, if we get married, like, then, like, if we get married, you're now protected because you're tied to me. And you're also protected because if there's now a definitive link between Psyche and Aphrodite. So if Aphrodite goes after you as my wife, like, Demeter is going to lose it. But if, you know, if Eros killed Psyche and, you know, it goes unsolved, it it wouldn't blow back on Aphrodite. So, does that make sense, Kelsey? I'm getting there. I think so. I just I just needed to compute it for a minute. Okay. Basically, Aphrodite's like, son, kill Psyche. He's like, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to marry her, which pitch, like pisses off both of the moms, but also puts them in the stalemate. Because now they're publicly connected. And as all fake relationships go yes it starts getting very real they have you know a whirlwind romance psyche is an influencer so they are very strategic about the sort of image that they're putting out there and there's that like is this for the image is it not for the image but you know because you get both their perspectives that like they're both super into each other wasn't psyche in the first book represented as like she was a trendsetter like wasn't her that was her general like yeah biography yeah so she she's like an influencer um very good at it very like smart and calculated about how she goes about it and after they get married Aphrodite is basically like I'm still gonna kill you yeah so then you know plot happens drama ensues i really really like this book i fell in love with both eros and psyche i think having that like angle of eros feeling like he's a monster and like how could this like beautiful stunning kind woman like him and like see past that i saw like a lot of jonas in that because jonas thinks he's a monster and tilly's like you're not blah 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 so i really like that aspect of it just like personally the writing, Katie Robert does smut so well, so, so well. There were times where I was like, you're repeating the same thing 20 times when it comes to like, Olympus is a dangerous place to grow up. Like, nothing safe if you're like one of the 13. And after like 50 pages of that, I was like, I get it. It's the second book. I get it. <laughs> I get Olympus. But other than that, like, no complaints. I thought they had a really, they played, like, the characters played really well off of each other, especially with Eros being, like, this seductive playboy, Psyche knowing that, and him having those, like, superficial barriers being broken down. It was delicious. Needless to say. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Right now, I am listening to neon gods on spotify for free shout out to katie roberts for doing that for me because primo makes my walks that much better makes me blush when i'm walking down the street and i pass like some old people and i'm like you have no idea what i'm listening to would i feel the same way if i were to be listening to this book on audiobook yeah it's like a little i'd almost say it's a little 
sweeter. There isn't there. There is that still that same aspect of voyeurism and exhibitionism, but instead it's with mirrors because as you know, Aphrodite and Eros and vanity and beauty, they have mirrors all over their house. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So have y'all had sex in front of a mirror? Because it can be real fun. I have it, but I did literally just write a scene like that this morning. So <laughs> I would like to just announce that it's very fun. Yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. It was like a slower start. Like there was more like relation, like kind of the, cause I think because of the like nature of their relationship, it was more like about them as people. And then you get like bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. Like the way yeah. where it's like neon gods, it was like, a little bit of tension and then like smut 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 like the whole way through yeah that was my yeah especially like having a sex club really kind of escalates things (laughs) that is helpful yeah yeah do we think that there's gonna be a third neon gods dark olympus i think there's five or seven planned yes wicked beauty is yeah, Wicked Beauty's next. And there's also like a novella part of it with Medusa and Calypso that is, I don't know if it's like available to everyone. I know it's like through a Patreon. It was free a while back, but that's like part of it, but it's not like a full length. Yeah. That's out and for it's, us. That one's queer too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. yes. I think it's sapphic. Yeah. I need to oh, and- this Patreon on the quick. Dude, it's literally like the best investment I've ever made. <laughs> I love it because you get like like the second or third tier which is like I think very reasonable you get a paperback every month and then like the NSFW postcard and then you get like free like ebooks from like other people once a month and then her her ebooks early so like yeah and is it is it just paperbacks from her and her work or does she like collab with other artists because I've never done anything like this before I just don't know what to expect the paperbacks are just her but okay. she does like a free ebook from a different author, I think, once a month. Okay. You can download to your Kindle or whatever you read on. That is neato. It's really cool. I think it's like such a good value. Like, it's actually shocking. Okay. Put that on my to do list. Though she did make an announcement that I didn't really understand because I'm not at the paperback tier and I'm new to the Patreon. So, like, didn't have all the context. But she did make an announcement about something where she's changing something with the paperbacks tier i think she's trying to like refigure out logistics because it's gotten like out of hand i'm sure there's like so many people subscribed to it i didn't see that but now i'll have to go check because i'm curious yeah. I, I might ha- I'm, hopefully it applies to like international people yeah <laughs> i think her main issue is she was like at this point there's 700 like paperback tier members and that like she's like my hands don't hold up the same way they used to and like signing all that and stuff so much Um, packing too I feel like she spends like days packing like she shows it all the time on like I think Instagram and she's like still packaging and mailing things I'm like I I mailed like 10 to like 12 but like 12 bookish things to readers this week and I was like like I can't imagine like doing like who helps you with that like how do you rope someone into doing that with you Another thing I really liked about her writing, which now in hindsight, I think I've heard her talk about before, but she also describes race very like bluntly and upfront for both like white people and people of color, which 
obviously makes so much sense but especially as a white writer and like with the default in media usually being white people you often only see like skin tone descriptors if it's one in like a sexual context where you're like their alabaster skin or their like tanned skin but you don't usually hear like so-and-so was a tall skinny white woman or so-and-so was a petite black woman and it was just like like each person that was described had that like had their race included as a very almost like factual Mm -hmm. yeah and that like makes so much sense and I think it's definitely something I want to like incorporate into my writing as well the other part was like the queerness was very like I don't know if I've talked about on this podcast before but I just love when like people's sexuality that isn't straight is just like dropped in just like sprinkled and it's like not a big deal it's not a plot point it has like literally nothing to do with anything because as someone who's like attracted to whoever it's always so refreshing when somebody you don't expect to be queer is is but it's not a big plot point it's just like whatever so both psyche and eros like as the story progresses you hear tidbits of you know their different adventures with people of all genders and i think she writes inclusivity really really well yeah i like that's one of the things that kind of drew me to try her writing it's like i heard people being like oh she's very inclusive but it, it feels effortless which I really enjoyed because it doesn't feel like she's trying to be like this person who like makes her book super inclusive and like it just is it's just like part of the world and it's very it seems like very natural like how you would just talk about people in your own life kind of thing so I, yeah I really appreciate that about her writing too and that's something I like about like her plus size representation and I think she's had like a couple mid-size slash plus size characters in several of her books and I really appreciate that because of the way it's never like about their size or weight they just are and I really enjoy that. And that's something I really try to apply to my writing. Although I, I will say I like make it a little bit more like a point to talk about it. But I really enjoy the fact that everything is very ne- neutral in her world. I'm so excited that I don't even think you ruined it for me, Summer. I tried not to like spoil anything. I greatly appreciate that because I have been waiting to read it. Like Alexis, like I've been like counting down the days. And then all of a sudden it was out and my life got so crazy that I can like barely keep my eyes awake in the middle of the day, let alone have time to read a book. So it's just been on the back burner, but I've been so excited when someone was like, oh no, I read it for this week. I'm like, what? Without me? How could you? And she was like, I told you you could read it too. I was like, I thought that was next week. I just- <laughs> the ultimate betrayal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I also have just been very busy. So it's fair that I got everything mixed up. <laughs> Another thing about Electric Idol is, fuck, you're talking about, you're talking, what were you talking about? You're talking about reading it and it came out. Oh, also, I didn't read the blurb. And as I said earlier, I didn't know the Aero Psyche myth. Oh, which, by the way, the Aero Psyche myth is Psyche is a mortal human who is so beautiful and mortal men start paying her all this attention and Aphrodite gets jealous so I think she sends Eros to you know remove her from the equation but 
Instead, they've fallen in love. And then there's some like trials or Greek myth stuff happens. But I didn't read it, the blurb. So I was like, oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> and then I swear, like two pages before he's like, the solution, like, marry me, which would have made me jump out of my seat. I read the blurb for some stupid reason. And it was like, he does the only thing he can think of to keep her safe. He binds her to him, body and soul. It's like he doesn't expect to find herself married to the city's most dangerous killer. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> but anywho, I spoiled it for everybody else because it's literally on the blurb. So it's not really a spoiler. I'm like a big anti-blurb reader. Like I'll read like the Amazon because I feel like it's not like as much of a summary. Usually it's more like a like teaser kind of vibe. I'll read those, but I do not read the summary or like the blurb on back of books. And I, I didn't write mine that way because I don't like that. I don't want to know because then I feel like you take away like that guessing game that your brain does, like what's happening. You, like, you know, the art, like the art mm-hmm. of the story kind of, I don't, yeah, same. I don't read them for that reason. So I always feel like, yeah, well, that's a go, a little bit of the fun, you know? Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm reading, like, damn it, he's going to marry her. I mean, you would have figured it out pretty quickly, but I just, I don't know, something about blurbs, I feel like just always spoils like a little bit of something for me. A little bit or a lot of it, depending on how the blurb gets written. Like I was told adamantly by my friend who's been loaning me all the books of the Akatar series, like she was like, never read the back. Like whatever you do, do not read it. It's going to ruin everything for you. She was like, put a piece of paper over it. I don't care. She was like, just don't read it. And I was like, okay, noted. I will ignore it to the day I die. <laughs> I find yeah I think that's so interesting that that's how they're written because I don't know I guess maybe because I'm a new author I don't really understand like why that has to be that way because I don't like it so I didn't do it and I don't think I will update it but I just think that's so interesting to think about because I've talked to some people who are like yeah I don't read the blurb because it's spoilery and I'm like same so wait why are they like that you know like maybe some people really need that like reassurance and like that like predictability I don't know I'm like that's something I'd be really interested in talking about I'll make a note to (laughs) it really makes me think of like back in the days when like books were banned and you really had to spell out exactly what was going to be in a book that's what it like it makes me feel very like archaic with blurbs being so descriptive like really telling you exactly what's going to happen in the book especially with like the amount of censoring that used to happen just in life like oh you can't read that because the back of the book said that it involved a sex scene you know or like it talks about infidelity like that is not okay we cannot read that like it just feels archaic now but on the flip side I would say sometimes I get hella frustrated when I you know maybe I see like little teasers on TikTok or Instagram and I'm like okay like what what's this actually about and the blurb is like Jason, he's cold, like nobody can break through his icy heart except for that one fiery girl who comes into the coffee shop. And then it's like, Sally, she's a fireball, who can't handle her? And like, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, you literally told me absolutely nothing and made me not want to read this book because who's Sally and Jason in there? Like, I don't know that's like the majority of the free books I read on Kindle that's what I get is the Sally and Jason and I'm like well we're going into it like maybe the picture (laughs) on the cover is going to be description enough at least I saw a cowboy like at least I know that there's going to be something I like in this book (laughs) yeah it's interesting I think I feel like that's like the new thing in romance I see that a lot now like 
<clears throat> when I'm reading. I mean, like I said, I don't really ever check the back, but when I do, I have been seeing that. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Like, I, I, I kind of get it. Like, because like romance is so character driven most of the time, like, especially like contemporary. So like, I kind of get that, like where you want to see like, what kind of characters am I dealing with? What kind of dynamic is there? But also like, yeah, it's not really giving you anything about the story. In a lot of cases, not everyone. I've seen some that are pretty like good at cluing you in on what the vibe is, but yeah, it's interesting. Blurbs are interesting. Like, love to hate them. Yeah, <laughs> I always re- I wrote mine at like the very last second when First Stolen Secrets and my cover designer sent me a mock up and it had the Stolen to Fight blurb on the back because I realized I sent her like an updated one, and I was like, oh, I have to do this again. You did good though. Thank you. I I think this is my favorite blurb. You did really good with this blurb. Alexis, tell us about gargoyles. Yes. Oh my gosh. I I just literally just want to be like, oh my God, I love it so much. You have to read it. But (laughs) it's just so good. Like it surprised me so much in the best way. I'm like newer to monster romance. So this one has gargoyles, which I've actually never read a book about. I've only seen like the TV show from the 90s and like, (laughs) but yeah so this is about grace and she is like really tired of like the endless kind of like dating scene where like nothing really goes anywhere so she goes to a love like a matchmaking thing it's called a bathhouse but they do love matchmaking for supernaturals and they're kind of trying to find you like someone you can actually like be with not just like a like a casual dating type of thing but like a love match so she goes to there and she is under kind of like the guys that she's going to be matched with like a single person. And that's kind of like the whole deceived thing. And it's not a, a spoiler because it's part of the blurb and how the author talks about the book. But so she goes in thinking she's going to date this one guy. And like, once she gets over the fact, so she's a witch and he's a gargoyle. So once she gets over the fact that he's a gargoyle, cause she was kind of go, like going into it, like I would be more comfortable with a witch. Cause that's like a really all I dated, but I'm open to like exploring the, span of supernatural potential matches but then she gets like (laughs) at the total like left side of the spectrum a gargoyle who's like this huge massive being and so she goes on some dates with him and they really hit it off and she's like really into him and then like (laughs) she gets hit with this curveball where actually he's in like a polyamorous relationship and he wants to like bring her into that with his gargoyle mates and so like this whole like kind of like shock slash like betrayal but not really like happens and they kind of have to like figure out if they can exist as like this group of her coming into their situation which it's male 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 polyamory and then she's coming into that as like a human witch not a human so there's kind of this dynamics of like the different cultures and then there's the dynamics of her being like just experiencing like single like I don't know what you call that, like just one-on-one, like monogamous, monogamous, yes, thank you. <laughs> monogamous dating versus like polyamorous dating, and so she kind of has to navigate that. And there's like a lot of these like moments of just like really like sweet, like emotional development, and then there's also like so much like spice and like with all three of these different gargoyles and like the. The, the flavor of the spice is so different with each gargoyle and I think that was like my favorite part is like seeing their different personalities play out in these like dynamics 
And there's also like all this kind of like drama going on behind the scenes that I won't spoil because I really like like that part of the story. But yeah, so she's like trying to figure out whether she can fit into this kind of like found family slash like romantic, sorry, this romantic kind of like relationship with them. And because she has a really bad relationship with her family. So she's looking for more than just like, oh, this will be my husband and we'll kind of like live our life like just the two of us. She wants to like find someone where she can like really immerse herself in their life because she doesn't have that kind of like foundation for herself anymore so yeah I really kind of just follows like there's a lot of emotional journey here which I didn't expect going into it I was like okay this is gonna be like a smut fest um and it was also but there was like a lot of heart to it and I was like okay this is like a really pleasant surprise because it had a lot of depth and I really enjoyed that um aspect of it but also on the other end of the spectrum this was my first experience of nodding I don't know if you guys know what that is oh yeah oh we know about nodding this is my first experience of nodding and I kind of like had an idea of it was because like TikTok you know like yeah I was like this is amazing like I was all in immediately yes like just like I needed to know more but it's really about her like also because she didn't know that that was the case with gargoyles because she's never really like interacted with them and they like are kind of on the opposite sides of the society like witches are like high society so she's been like really like kind of in her own like kind of humanish witchy world over here and then she's introduced to this and she's just like her curiosity around that is really funny because like as a reader who's like learning about this for like not the first time but like being becoming more familiar with it like you kind of go on this journey with her and uh, yeah I love that aspect of the book but yeah just like <laughs> it was hot like just them like having sex and like their dynamics and like the guy like kind of like the different levels of like masculinity that you find within the gargoyles and like submissiveness and like dominance but also just like her exploring naughty and, and like the different ways in which they like experiment with it yeah that was like I was like yes immediately into this like I need to book <laughs> but also I just really loved the way that she did it because there was so much variety where I didn't feel like okay like I get it like this is a thing like I get I get what's happening here like okay no I was like more like more <laughs> <laughs> Anymore. so yeah I don't know I felt like there was just like like not not only so much depth to this book but like so much variety and like I never felt like okay I'm like I get it I'm ready for it to end like they're happy they're gonna be happy ever after no like there was like a little bit of mystery to it there was like some suspense there was like the spice there was the emotional elements to it and yeah like when I finished it I was like I want 100 more pages of this and I'm really sad that it's like a one-off because like the series is like different types of uh, monsters like each book like, I think the first one's a kraken I don't remember what the next one is maybe a dragon I don't remember for sure but yeah so like I was like I want more and and Lillian was like no this is it like this is your happily ever after <laughs> like I said she did such a good job of like giving you so much in this like what like 300 page book but yeah I just like it was like an emotional roller coaster like I don't know how to describe it like there's so much good like spice where I was like the whole time just sweating and like frothing at the mouth for more but also just like the relationship dynamics I was like obsessed with it like especially because like all the gargles are so different like I really just like wish I could like tell you everything but I obviously won't because it's just like I want everyone to read this like I'm shoving this book out people's throats at this point okay I have a question <laughs> yeah. are the gargoyles stone like are we taking a whole nother level to rock hard like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no they're like <laughs> I was gonna say leathery but that's not the right word at all they're not leathery they're like silky I think from what I recall they're like a silky texture but like 
No, there's a stone situation slash like element to it, but not like they're not stone, like just walking around stone. They're like very like, I want to say they're kind of like, like a suede type feel, which I'm like, <laughs> that sounds amazing as a tactile person. I just would like be petting them all the time. And I think there are quite a few scenes where she's just like rubbing. <laughs> and are they... I was gonna say are they humanoid like shifters at all or is it just like straight up like what you see is what you get so they use glamours to make them look human which is like something you can buy like a spell you can buy to wear and like there's like, different levels of it you can buy and some of them wear it more than others so there's like some that are more in their gargoyle form throughout the book and others that are less in that form but yeah I mean they're like humanoid shape and then gotcha. not really bad me I guess because we have a and like you know all that but yeah I don't know I thought it so interesting they sound like so hot I was like I need this to be like some kind of I need a visual here I need more because like on the cover like it's really hard to see him like the guard I'm gonna I was gonna I'm gonna look up the cover and I'm like I need like a high def resolution like I need more like I have to look up on Lillian's page to see if she has like art or something so I'm like this is not giving nearly enough detail and she probably did that purposely so you could like imagine their faces and stuff but I'm like I'm so intrigued by the aspect like the the visual aspect of verbals because they're like these massive like just massive like I don't even know just I'm picturing this massive hunks like I don't know hunks is like such a terrible 90s word like I don't know how else to describe (laughs) but it's also like I really like this like kind of like they're just like such a grand presence because they're like these dark shadowy beings and they have these huge wings and they have like talons <laughs> which the talon aspect there's like kind of like a bondagey aspect of it in a couple of scenes which I really like because they're like attached to their wings so they're not like their hands so they have like an extra situation going on yeah so there's like and then they have their tail and then they have the knot there's like a lot of like like I said a lot of variety going on here with like how they can like do spice which I love but yeah, and then like, cause she's plus size, I really liked the fact that they were like these huge, like, I don't think that's always necessary. Like, I love to see like all different shapes and sizes with each other, like combined, but I loved like, you never really get that as like a plus size woman. You never get like that, like, oh, like the big, huge, like kind of guy, like making you feel small. Like they always, they call her a little witch, which I love because it just like really reinforces that like dynamic of how there are these like big, huge gargoyles and like she's small compared to them and I think it's just like such an interesting dynamic that you don't see where it's not like fetishizing or like making her looks like feel smaller to like make her feel better about herself it's never like an issue it's more just like they're like these grand huge things and like she is so much smaller than them so I love that they call her a little witch I thought that was super cute and yeah I don't know I, I just like I could talk about how much I love this book all day like it's so good Alexis, I have a book recommendation for you that like this book just screamed, I don't know, so many similarities. Okay, give it to me. Have you read Baby in the Night Howlers? No. That's your next book. Is that by Catherine Moon? Yes. Okay. I like, I really like her writing, so I'll definitely give it a try. Because it's all the same, like different people with their different characters a little bit of the reverse harem action polyamory like like we're lining up in so many ways and the smut was nuts the nodding there was also nodding so I feel like this might be like a a nice book for you to like thank you so much I will definitely because I like I said I needed more like it was satisfying and I loved it but like I loved it so much that I'm like just write this for now like I want like I feel like I was like this is like enough but also I could do more 
So I will definitely try that because I, I feel like I could definitely use something, maybe like shake it up a little bit. That's how I warning. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say fair warning, which Kelsey was probably about to say. Once you start Omega versus, like it's an all consuming no. obsession. Like if you think you liked gargoyle knotting, like just wait till it's a pack of like 12 alphas with knots and they're giant and though shoot. Callie Rhodes, I think it is. She was the Omegaverse I read for our Omegaverse once, and her alphas are, like, actually huge. I don't know. I only read two of her books, and they weren't particularly plus size, but the alphas are, like, bigger than life, like, seven feet. Mm-hmm. So if you like the... Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would have been in if they were, like, normal human size. Like, I was sold. But just that, yeah. like, an extra kind of, like, cherry on top, I was like, okay, okay, like, you know, who doesn't want a little massive variety in their life but yeah I don't know like I don't know she there was something in this book like she put some kind of like magic spice dust in here that just had me like but yeah I don't know it was so good like definitely a 10 out of 10 for me I don't know about spice like I have a hard time reading it because there's like 20,000 factors there's like how long were the scenes how detailed but I would say probably like a four 3.5 four because like there was a lot of it and there was like I said variety and like detail but I mean there wasn't anything like super like in the kink realm it was more like a lot of nodding but like versatile type stuff and there was like mm and like group scenes and all that so yeah probably like a four I would say but yeah so good loved it and their presentation was really good too there was no like there was no like shaming or anything really that like especially not on her end or their end I think there there might have been like a little bit of something with like her family but I think it was more directed towards like her not living in their high society kind of world more than like her body was ever an issue and I also one thing I will say is like one of my favorite things is when they really emphasize like clothing for plus size women in books because it's like such a rarity like in the real world where you have like so many options and she was like a style icon like she loved clothes and like they always talked about how like beautiful she looked and she was always like oh my god this outfit's amazing I look amazing like that was such a so I love that so much about this book too like that was another like hit where you hardly ever get that for plus size romance so I love that part I feel like right after this episode I'm gonna <laughs> be downloading I know Gargoyle Smut me too yeah I yes I yes. just can't yes. stop like your description maybe this is just my brain but your description of like the gargoyles and like how they felt, this is probably just me and we might want to cut this out, but like it sounded to me like they were like a giant, giant penis. Like yeah. that's how you I'm just that too. I kind of been getting that. Like when I was reading the descriptions, like I the, the texture, I don't, I'm a weird, I'm really into textures. Like, so for me, I was like, oh my God, like that just sounds so yes. But that's kind of what I was picturing too. Like that yeah kind of like soft but hard like silky but yeah, like yes down underneath yes yeah it's like they're super muscular but like they're smooth yeah. <laughs> but not like a skin smooth kind of way like a texture <laughs> I was super into that aspect of it I don't know like I need more textures I guess in my smut because I was like wow this is a whole next level type of thing if you're a tactile person that's really cool yeah I really liked that about it like I feel like there was like quite a few descriptions about how they felt and I enjoyed that. Next episode, we're going to be, and I don't, Kelsey, I don't know if I've told you this yet, but we're going to be doing orc romances, which is 
another like subgenre of monsters and i'm still like not quite sure when orc is um <laughs> but we're going into it and <laughs> let's dive down deep never even heard of it let's get it let's do it they're like giant green men with like little little tusks. What, what are, tusks yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> it's almost like we're doing back on like the exerbi series I was getting into all the different forms of these hunk of people. Alexis, let's talk about you and your books that are coming out. I know we have Vengeance Becomes Her and you have a few like anthologies, but when do you want to tell us like a little bit about Vengeance Becomes Her? Yeah, so it is an adult dark fantasy with spice that follows a woman, Rhiannon, who has been betrayed by the man that she thought was the love of her life in a very dramatic way. And she is pissed. So this follows her on like a path of revenge that is bloody and violent and just like full of anger and like all the emotions. And there is a romance subplot that is like very angsty and kind of like grumpy sunshine vibes. So you have that going on too. And then you have dark magic interwoven in there. So it's really kind of like a dark fantasy, but with the romantic element and really, really character focused plot. Like this is very much about Rhiannon's journey to get her revenge and the emotional kind of like process that she goes through to get there. And kind of like the main point of the story is holding men accountable for like the violence and emotional damage they do to women so like recklessly and they don't have any consequences for it so it's very much like a fuck the patriarchy men need to pay for their consequences vibes and that is like the entire point of the story but I threw in some fantasy in there so it's like fantasy light like it's not super heavy on the fantasy elements it's really a character-driven story, but you do have that you like dark magic and like kind of the adventure and the quest elements of it. That's all there and it's all prevalent throughout the whole story, but it's really just like a, I'm going to kill him and <laughs> following that journey kind of situation. I'm so into this. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, it's very much just like violence on the mind, some smut, some magic, and then our badass plus-size character and those are like the dynamics happening that's so great what were some of like your main priorities when writing a plus-size character that like you like notes you wanted to hit the most important thing to me was making it just like a normal part of the world like there was no fat phobia in this world because it's like fantasy so I can do whatever I want (laughs) Um, but yeah so like that was the main thing like I didn't want that to be an element where there was ever like a situation where like someone had to like fat shame her to like make it realistic or like have her doubt like her like worth or like her like sexuality because of that so that was like the number one thing and then second I really wanted to like make her like a confident kind of like sexy character because I feel like that's just not I feel like I don't see that very often especially like I've never seen that in fantasy so I know there are some romances that I've seen like recently that have that, but I think that's something that I, people who are kind of like more further along in like their body acceptance journey are really looking for is like the character who can like inspire them to feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm hot. Like I'm a hot fangirl and like, that's fine. And I can accept that. And I'm going to do all the things with that in mind. 
so that was kind of like something I was really important to me is like making her like no yeah I'm that bitch and like yes I have roles and my ass is huge and like you know so she's like very much like kind of like flaunted it like kind of mood so yeah that was like the other thing I wanted it to be like a very positive kind of like I mean she's not a positive role model by any means. <laughs> but like <laughs> like have like some fat representation that is positive and like you know kind of like very confidence driven so those are the two main things and then also like the spice I wanted the love interest to be very much appreciative of her like her curves and her roles and her stretch marks so like I really tried to like put those descriptors throughout the book and like have him very much like notably like when you read it you know that he's into it like there's like tactile things and like visual things that kind of like really make that very clear like there's no room for doubt like whether he's into it like that was the other thing because I feel like so often like plus size women kind of like doubt that like in their relation like in their relationships and in sex like oh is someone actually attracted to me are they like having sex with me despite like that so no he's he's in he's like I love this shit like he's he's into it 100 so those are like the three main things I really wanted to cover for her and the athletic aspect of it sorry these are a lot of things but there was also no, I'm, I'm eating it up <laughs> there was the athletic component of it because all the time when we see like people being like no that's not a plus size character even though it definitely 100% is people always say like they can't do that like they're not running through a fantasy world they're not carrying a sword for like 25 miles they're not like kicking ass and I was like no you can do that so right. now that is another huge part of her character and the representation that I wanted it's like she's kicking ass and taking names and she's not losing weight to do it hell yes so yeah that was that was the main four <laughs> I'm like I'm so excited for this thank you I I remember a while ago you had done a TikTok about like kind of some like good rules of thumb for writing bodies in any books and I realized like unfortunately a lot of like the negative things I did tend to do and so I'm obviously gonna I want to work on like getting away from you know always making the villain like portly or something mm -hmm. but I think also something that I've struggled with is coming up with descriptors and like my my short story for the anthology granted it's you know like 10,000 words so there's only so much you can do and it's also in an ancient world so they don't have any of those you know modern standards to compare it to but I kind of struggled with like you know what are the descriptors that'd be used and like I'm very mid-size and I have a ton of thin privilege but I've also my body's changed a lot in the last few years and I've asked my partner like oh how would you describe me and you know she's not she's not a romance author so she's like I don't know like you're you and obviously that's what you want your partner to see in you but what are some like do you have any like top tips for writing like sensuality of bigger bodies but then also just in general like good good rules to go by yeah so for like the sexy spicy type of stuff I like really go with like I do a lot of like kind of like feeling type of thing so I'll say like her, like he gripped onto her skin I'll do like plump or like hills and valleys or like the rolls of her body or like stuff like that more on like the sexy scenes or like her 
plump ass like fit between his like he could barely grip like the wide expanse for a plump ass or something like that like so like that it's really hard to like think off the top no, of no, no, no. I really like pack these into my book so I'm like trying to remember really quickly but like I'll use a lot of things just like her large thighs or like her I'll use the word thick a lot even though it's not like super like fantasy ass like I think it's a really good descriptor because it's like I feel like it kind of has like more of a sexy connotation to me I use plump a lot or like round big like I use a lot of just like really straight for me like the most important thing is being straightforward this is what they are because when you put nuance in there like for me curvy is like a no because then people have a lot of room for interpretation but if you say they had like her legs were like bigger than her waist or something like you're gonna know that her hips and waist her hips and legs are like very wide kind of thing so like I try and be like really direct like I don't think it's a bad thing to say like she had a big ass or she had large thick legs or like she weighed more than it like I I use all of those things in there but they're not like there's no like kind of like judgy or harsh connotation to it it's just like very factual like things so I think like just being very like direct often works better if you're not coming from and like people can read into whether you're coming from a place of judgment because those connotations sprinkle in there with the words you put around it so if you're coming from like a good place using those like straightforward words usually isn't a bad thing because you're not going to have that like tone surrounding it because that's not how you view fat people like you can tell when you're reading something if someone doesn't think that fat people are attractive or doesn't like them it's mm-hmm. easy like immediately I can tell whether the writer is just doing it to like do it versus whether they actually think like these things it's very clear mm-hmm. based on like the, the surrounding context mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah being direct I think is always the best way to go about it thank you I think I'm so excited for Vengeance to come. So, like, I was already excited, but now I'm like, because you've been sharing some awesome character art and teasers, and now I'm even more excited because it's basically just like fuck men and that's the point of the book. <laughs> burn them all. To the yeah, <laughs> literally, like in my dedication, it's like fuck every Silas in the world, which is the villain's name. So, like, it's just literally like men are trash. Minus Tristan, who is love interest. He's the exception. He's like the golden kind of like standard for men. And I'm like, okay, he's he's gonna live. The rest of you, watch watch your ass because she's coming. Yeah, that's it. It's just like a murder spree slash like men are trash book. Gotcha. <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah. And you did say romantic subplot. Are yes. we are we expecting an HEA? Are we expecting a cliffhanger? Is it um, to be determined slash to be discovered when you read it I will say that book one does not necessarily have an HEA and I don't know that the series will I'm really a fan of like the dramatic like melodramatic traumatic love stories but I don't know because I don't know yet where their story is going like for sure going I think you'll just have to read it but I would say if you're extremely sensitive to dramatic relationships that might not be for you because it is very much like a they should like they try not to be together and there's a lot of like obstacles and there's like a lot of angst like it's extreme angst <laughs> like there's so much dramatic tension between them but yeah I don't know how the series whether it'll be AG or not it's I, it's not a romance I will say that like it's a dark fantasy and it follows dark fantasy beats and it follows that very like dramatic kind of like heart-wrenching vibe so <laughs> that's as much as I'm gonna give away because I don't really know for sure. I have some of the second book written in and I haven't made that decision. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, you know what team I'm on. <laughs> it's <isn't> obvious. <laughs> but my other yeah. books, I do have ATAs. So. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And what do you have published right now? 
so right now the only thing I have published is the uh, novella in the Curves and Magic anthology, and that is an HEA. It's a sapphic romance, fantasy romance, and then that will be also once that anthology comes down in June, I will be publishing it separately as a novella, and that will be in my catalog available. And then that's all I have published now. After Vengeance becomes her, I'll also be doing an urban fantasy, which will be like a fan- urban fantasy romance, and then a couple anthologies that are romance like fantasy romance okay awesome so much to look forward to yeah i'm really excited (laughs) is there anything else before we wrap up that you want to leave our listeners with or want to rewind on anything that we talked about i would just say like even if you're not plus size or mid-size like there's so much value in reading books that have like diverse characters including plus size bodies because I think it can really help you kind of understand like what it's like to live in that type of body or even just like see people differently and really like expand kind of like how you view sexuality and relationships and yeah I would say if you aren't plus size definitely try and find some plus size romances that like speak to you as far as like the story but I think it's worth giving a try and just to see like how that can kind of broaden horizons and also like give authors who are writing this kind of some support because it is a, still very much like a uphill battle and getting people to read these who aren't the plus size and mid-size community. So yeah, I would say give give one of these books a try. I'm definitely going to be reading the one by 80 and then I've read it, Neon, or not Neon Gods, what's it called? Electric Idol. Idol, Electric Idol. So I love that one too. But yeah, Deceived by the Gargoyles, I think it's a really good one too if you're not like looking for something that has like that really like focal point on the plus size aspect and where could we find you on social media so you can find me on instagram and tiktok for now and it's just author alexis c manis on both of those so pretty simple awesome awesome well this has been so much fun i'm like gonna be reading about the viking gingerbread man and nodding gargoyles who feel like giant penises and (laughs) this is we're all doing we're going to have great TV hours after this episode. Yes. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank and you so much for having me. I had a blast. Us too. It has been amazing having you on. And to all of our listeners, we will see you guys, hear you guys in the next. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.